everyone, and welcome down to episode number 42, Darren Mullane, rest in peace, of the Down South Photo Show. Uh, with me here in, at the moment, my background doesn't show that I'm in sunny, freezing cold Ocean Grove, but no. we'll talk about backgrounds in a minute. Yeah. And over that way is Cam Blake in Hobart. Yep. Hello, Cameron. This is my backyard. This is what True. it's like. This is what it's like here at the moment. Um, uh, you've had a cold. dump. <laughs> <laughs> have you been watching before i got on there? um <laughs> no yes we have had a big dump and there's more dumps coming it's um yep. they're predicting down to sea level on the weekend down here no yes and i won't be there i'll be somewhere else but um all right okay well i'll go down there yeah yeah come down here um <laughs> to yeah, sea level. Our, seriously that's yeah that's, that's cold if you look at the weather map of tassie at the moment while well, we, we're recording on the 7th of june tuesday there is this, this cold air mass coming straight up from Antarctica. Like usually we get it in from the sort of southwest. Yeah. It is it is purely coming from like south below us. It is. It's this time of year when we get reminded. I mean, we're called the Down South Photo Show. Do we need another reminder? But we get reminded of just how south I am, let alone yeah. how south you are. You're another 500 k's further south than me. Yeah. Yeah. Or whatever it is. Is it 500 yeah. k's? It's not whatever. Yeah, it's about five six hundred. That's yeah. about it. And yeah. um, you know, and and you and you cop it, and you go, Jesus, it's like it's freezing, it's so cold. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, guess what? You live in Victoria, dude, and yeah. you live on the coast. <laughs> it's well, I was, I was just talking to mum and dad up in Victoria just before, and f against popular belief, but we don't always get these freezing, freezing cold winds down here. Um, I, I reckon Melbourne gets a bit more of it. Sometimes it sort of bypasses Melbourne and comes up through the big Great Australian Bight. Yeah. from antarctica but we get, we're copying it now we, we are just we are the land mass in between that and the arctic blast so yeah yeah um, so we had a lot of snow today there's more tomorrow pretty much from now tuesday until tuesday, another week of flat out snowing apparently here in ocean grove just getting back to your comment we our prevailing wind is the southwesterly yeah yeah and and it's is it, yeah well tassie's due south so the southwesterly yeah. you're right it comes straight off antarctica and the great australian bite yeah, and we just get pummeled, and the wind. Oh man, you go. It just goes right through. It's so yeah. bitter at the moment. But well, uh, that's that's like even today. Like I, I actually wore this today. I was out promoting the show, the Get Down nice. South show, nice. and uh, had a couple of people give me a strange look because I had a beanie on. People were like you look like the guy in the back. That's right. What kind of wanker wears his own jumper? Um, <laughs> but I, that's all I wore. Oh, I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we all do. Um, but I was literally wearing this hoodie all day, uh, yep. and I didn't. I didn't had a beanie on. I didn't have a jacket on. It was just wasn't freezing cold, but obviously it was because it was snowing. But um, but yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. I might um, maybe head out again tomorrow and see if I can go to a different before spot. We, before we pick apart our backgrounds, I would like to thank everyone as usual for tuning in week to week. Um, we've, we're getting some really good feedback uh, in the comments section below on yes. YouTube or on, uh, what are we on? Apple Podcast. Pod Spotify, Podbean, yeah, all the, the things. Where, wherever you find your favourite podcast is where you yeah, find we're, us. Yeah, we're everywhere. Um, but yeah. we, are, we are getting some great feedback. And we've jumped up in subscribers on the YouTube channel, which is we great. Have, we're almost pushing we 300. Have, this is good. And we, is have, Amazing. Uh, we have surpassed the 3,000 download mark on, yes. um, on Apple Podcasts and wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. So, that's pretty cool. But um, point yeah. being, we we enjoy your feedback. So we thanks do, for we building the, the community with us. And we love the little feedback that we get on the. Uh, I actually got on there the other day and had a look at um, the podcast. And um, there's little comments down the below. You can actually review us, 
which is yes. a bit of a which is a bit of a scary thought. Yeah. Um, but we've had a few reviews, which is great. There's a difference um, between being reviewed and being judged. Yeah, there's some guy called Breno W who mm. actually reviewed it, said it's refreshing. Yes. gave it five stars. What a great new show! Not a great new photo show based. Lots I can't be talking. Lots of lighthearted stuff, but more mm. on a serious note. I don't know. That sounds familiar. That Breno W. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. What a yeah. yeah. Must yeah. be a, obviously a legend. Well, clearly, um, clearly he's uh, loves it. Yeah, that, I think that was like after episode one, and I thought, well, I'll just take the piss here and write my own review. It was. It was the seventh of seventh <laughs> of July, twenty twenty one. Strangely <laughs> enough, there was a review before that oh, on the night on the nineteenth of June by Sac nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> I know who that is. They're <laughs> moving right along. Yeah, that's, that's, that's this guy. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah. So your background, uh, I to me that looks like it was somewhere around the Lyle Highway. Oh, you are on the mark, my friend. Oh, yes, well. this, you know Tassie so well. Um, yeah, this is uh, literally it says it in the notes. Oh, does yeah. it? Oh, sorry. Yeah, um, it's literally <laughs> on the side of the road. Um, up near awesome. Do- up near Doan Bridge, Lake Sinclair, you get kilometres of these snow gums, and once it's uh, once it's snowing and a bit uh, wild, they they really come on their own. So it's um, there's a big actually a big tree right in the middle of that shop. You can't really see it. Yes, on the big tree. Um, no, but yeah, I like it. it. Can I can I critique that image, please, and tell you why I like it? <laughs> I guess so. Yes, I love the the trees. The way they break the uh, the the vertical lines look really good, and you've got three clumped on one side, the big one in the middle, and then less clumped on the other side. So, yes. so it's um, a, so it's almost it, like a three, two, one type of thing. Or? Because we we have um, determined quite recently in the podcast, if you've just joined us recently, we knew this already. But composition, we don't talk about it enough, and we 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 think it's numero uno. Uh, in in landscape photography, it's the main thing yeah. you should be focused on, so to speak. So yeah. um, it's really cool. I love the, uh, the how the snow has gone on the foliage that's on the floor yeah. and made it yeah. all white and fluffy. Yeah, it was. It's one of those those scenarios today where you could I could have stopped a thousand times and just taken. I can just see it. I mean, you know what unreal. we had we had a chat in one of our podcasts a few weeks ago when you were saying you were driving along and there was people behind you don't want to pull over. Yeah. Well. Today, the Lyle Highway is generally it's a main thoroughfare from Hobart across to the west coast. But on days like this, generally the people stay off it and it's not that busy. Every time I saw something, oh, oh, that's great! I'll turn. Oh, there's a car behind me. Are you kidding me? And then yeah. the road was so snowy that I'm like, I don't know if I pull over there. I don't know if that's a ditch or a flat bit. Yeah. So I, I missed a million shots today because of inconsiderate people traveling on their own. Time. Oh, those mongrels! How, how dare they how use those highways it, maybe, that they paid for? Maybe we need to put a sign on the back, photographer at work, back off or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, what, 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 what do they used to say on the back of ice cream trucks? Come on, you grew up in the 80s. Uh, uh, this, this truck, uh, this truck stopping? Stop, stopping stops frequently or something. Yeah, it's like the Garbo right. trucks. We need, we need one of them, a little flashing sign on yeah. the back of our, back I've, of just, our I've just come up with an idea. We should make a, a series of bumper stickers for photographers. I love it. Okay. If you have an idea for a bumper sticker, leave it in the comments below and we'll make it. You could say we could have like just simple things like I shot my wife, yeah, and, or um, I you know and um, it, you know there's gear in the trunk or something like that or you know something you know weird yeah. anyway. Yes, uh, your do you background. Your background. Do you, rem- is- do you remember that 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 uh, yes, I do. slogan that Glenn Lavender came up with? Uh, oh, so, camera yeah. action, camera house. Oh, I'm thinking of the joke that we shoot 
we shoot your wife, we burn the we burn the evidence, and then yeah, we frame yeah, no, he, yeah, yeah, that's right. No, but he wanted to just say because it was back when we used to be we used to copy memory cards to DVD or CD back in those yeah, yeah. days. Yeah. And he just put up a sign that said, shoot your kids and burn the evidence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, his sense of humour hasn't changed. No, no, it's uh, it's definitely in the counter. Mm. Um, before we get onto your background, I had yes, another message sir. today from someone um, requesting that we give him a shout out. So you know who it is. It's the As same person. anybody does that. Well, there is one person in our community that just continuously asks for a shout out. Okay. Um, so Chell Bell, Chelsea, g'day at Chell May Bell. Chelsea. Hello, yeah, Chelsea. Yeah. Um, How are you? I got a message today saying, are you recording your podcast tonight? I said, well, there's a coincidence I am. And she said, I expect at least a couple of shout outs because last week there wasn't enough. Okay. All right. Hi, Chelsea. Yeah. Far out. Talk about it. Jeez, attention seeker. Talk about high maintenance. Jesus. <sighs> anyway, moving on. Your back, your backyard looks there you go. I like I'll that. I love the black and white. Yeah, I can um, disappear. Yeah. That's cool. So this was I was this was my old stomping ground of Swan Hill in north western Victoria. Um, I grew up there, folks. And that's our magnificent bridge in Swan Hill, which they've been trying to replace now for about 50 years. But yeah. I'm so glad they haven't, because look at it. What's look the at name? It. What's the name of that bridge? The Swan Hill Bridge. No, it's not. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is really. It's such <laughs> a fool. <laughs> oh, okay, sorry. No, its name's Errol. No, I don't know. <laughs> there's got to be a name for the bridge. It doesn't. I, as far as I'm aware, it doesn't have a bridge. Google might tell you otherwise. I'm, I'm, look, I'm looking. Don't you worry. Just, um, oh, I, you I, mean like, oh, I like the such and such memorial bridge or the, is that what you mean? Well, it's actually got a name. Oh, please. Yeah, and you, this is your area. It's called the Swan Hill Bridge. <laughs> I knew it. Uh, no, it doesn't have a name. No, but I reckon no, it what they'll do, they'll, they'll replace it and then name it after some politician. Well, it was good on uh, surveyor Sir Thomas Mitchell named Swan Hill That's when he right. camped there on the on the banks of the Murray in 1836. That's right. Or uh, uh, the Major Mitchell Cockatoo named after yeah. one and the same explorer. You know what? We have hardly even spoken about photography. That's okay, because that's generally what we do on this podcast to start with. But I can still remember very well, I think it must be only one of the things I learned at school ever, all the Australian explorers. We must have done massive projects on uh, Lawson, Black, what was it, Blackland, Lawson and Wentworth. and Yeah, they, uh, they discovered the Blue Mountains, right? The Blue Mountains, I did, yeah. And, you know, like you know, talk about uh, Burke and Wills and all these kind of things. Mm. Yeah. Whenever, whenever I've been looking through maps and stuff like that, like, oh, that must be named after. For some reason, I've retained right. that information. Because we why. went to school in the 70s and 80s, kids, and that's yeah. when history yeah, started yeah. Time, in, time, time out, time in out. 1778. So I, I, I never went to school in the 70s, and I barely went to school in the 80s. Did. Just. We went to school in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, kids, okay, that's when, when Australian history started in 1788. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, it. Yeah, because that's it. There nothing happened in this country before then. No, no, there's no one here. No, no. Far out. I'm reading. I'm reading. I'm reading. I'm reading. I'm reading a really good book at the moment. Uh, Truganini, the book yep. about Truganini. It's an incredibly good read. Uh, good for man. those who don't know, it's um, it's based on what was uh, referred to as the last Tasmanian Aboriginal, um, Truganini. But um, it's an incredible story. Uh, I'm only about halfway through it, but um, some of the stuff they used to do back then and the knowledge they had and the the, the connection to, to land they had it was incredible so yeah um, yeah um, i'm just I, I just feel terribly ripped off about what yeah. i was taught in australian history yeah I, yeah and i yeah. did australian history in year 12 yeah right yeah so anyway that's yeah. a story for another podcast is, sorry oh, sorry. Well, so just off, getting mate. back to my background <laughs> yeah sorry <laughs> no it's fine so um 
I just wanted to get a shot of my bridge in Swan Hill, which I love. Mm. I've flown my drone under that bridge too, by the way. I don't know right. if it's legal, probably isn't. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I don't think Castle Watch. So this was uh, obviously I shot it in color, yep. and I used a uh, one thousand ND on it because oh, I wanted yeah, to, to smooth the water out. Yeah, to smooth it out, and um, I think it enhanced the reflection quite a bit. Oh, sorry, yeah, I it does. Sort of in the way. And, and anyway. an interesting thing about that as well is because the Murray River is dirty; it's not a clear river. Correct. You wouldn't get that reflection in a short exposure. So what you've done oh. there is is pretty tricky that you've actually. Yep. Yeah, you've actually so was, enhanced the reflection. That's right. So that was the Brown River, and mm. uh, it was in color originally. And yeah, the brown just looked ugh, it just really yeah. took took away from it. So yeah. I went, "Hey, presto, black and white," and the contrast in the white pillars on the bridge and stuff, and the yeah. sun, and and you know, talk about breaking rules, shooting yeah. directly into the sun. I can um, see the sun star there. Yeah, um, so, it is. I reckon it's snowing out here. I reckon it's about five seconds off snowing. Oh, it's snowing on the hills behind my house. I can tell you now. Is that right? It's bucketing down. Um, yeah, I love it. I love the black and white. And there's something about that part of Australia that black and white works well with. Yeah. I, and yeah. I, don't, I don't know what it is. It's like the, the big gums and the, the the rocks and stuff you have up there. And sometimes the colour can be a bit too bright. And, you know, you get those really big hot summer, summer days where it's hard to shoot. Yeah. Um, so black and white works. I like it. No, is that, that, is that, that, that area. So is that, is that bridge still operational? Is it still... Uh, so I last saw the middle of that bridge rise, I want to say, in the early 2000s. Right. Um, I don't know. I must have fluked a trip back up home once and, and, and it happened. I don't know whether it's been raised since then or whether it can be raised since then. Uh, all I know is now down to single lane. Right. And um, Is that a weight? That's probably a weight thing, isn't it? A weight thing. And it takes a hell of a lot of traffic because you've got uh, Murray Downs is just across the bridge there and... Um, you know, uh, you've also got Pickering Transport have their actual <laughs> freight division like right, right there at the bridge. So they send semis across this thing all the time. So yeah. they are, as I say, I'm not making it up when I say they've been arguing for 50 years about a new bridge. Yeah. They, anyway, whatever. Yeah. It's a photography show. Let's get on with things. Um, right. <laughs> uh, if you've fallen asleep, folks, uh, our apologies. Uh, yeah. You can now wake up and we'll talk yeah. about photography. Maybe. Let's start with our um, Nikon D5100 giveaway. I, say, I thought you were going to say, let's start with our backgrounds. I've got to say, oh, no, we did that already. let's not go there again. No, no, that's right. We are clearly not recording this on a night that Cam's used to. Cam's off his game. I'm, off, I'm, way, <laughs> off, I'm, I'm way off my game. I don't know why. I just, I just am. I, uh, he needs to get his head in the game here and, and focus, but that's all right. That's okay. That's right. We can't be on 100% of the time, Cam. I understand. I'm sure our listeners and viewers appreciate that. Um, right. We're giving away, as we mentioned last episode, a mm. Nikon, my Nikon D5100. Here it is right here. Again, for those of you who didn't see, with a Sigma 10 to 20, F4 to 5.6 lens. The, yes. It's a landscape kit, basically, because it yeah. shoots ultra wide angle. That, that could have shot the shot behind you. It did. <laughs> funny you should say that. Yes, <laughs> there you go. it actually did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. funny. I didn't even put two and two together there. But yes, this... Photo right behind me was shot with that very, very camera. There, there you go. There you go. Um, um, so it takes I can't black, guarantee so that it takes, it's going to have an ND filter on it when you get it. But anyway. uh, So it takes black and white film then. That's fine. That's good. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. Yeah, that's how um, old it is. No, no, no. It's, so it's just remind me again, uh, yes. how, how do people go into the, the, the running to potentially get this camera? And when do they get told if they've won this camera? Okay, so we want you to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, there's a subscribe button below this. If you're listening to us, 
search for us on YouTube, the Down South Photo Show. We come up yeah. there. Yeah. Subscribing to our channel is completely free. We want you to hit the subscribe button, preferably hit the notification button as well, because that means you get notified when episodes come up. And also ring, you'll be ring, notified. Ring our bell. Ring our bell. You'll also be notified when and or if you've won the thing. Uh, and we need you to hit up our social media channels and follow at least our Facebook page or yeah. our Instagram account. And then, I oh know it's a lot, but hey, it's a good camera. We want you to tag someone yeah, who you, might you, like to win a camera. You're making them work for it. We are. It's not that hard, really. It'll take you about 18 seconds to do that. It's so, not that hard. Um, no. we, did, we have already had some people tagging uh, <clears throat> on the Facebook page. Good. Uh, no second guess to who's part of that one. One of them's the number one listener of the show, Mel and his friends. He gets um, another yeah. shout out again. Yeah. Who, the Chelsea? Oh, no. Oh, sorry. I thought you were talking about Chelsea. No, she, she doesn't want any more shout outs, she said. Just, um, so, yeah, we've had a few people already uh, tag people in there. So, people are getting the idea. All you got to do is just get on. Uh, we'll see the comments pop up. All you got to do is just make a comment, tag someone in there, say this could be pretty cool um, for them. And then somehow we're going to fluke our way out of picking a winner out of a hat. Yep. Maybe. So, I think what we'll do is we will just get all the entries, we'll make a list. Yeah. We'll uh, we'll assign them a number from one to whatever it is. Yep. And then we'll use a random number generator on Google and yep. we'll do that live. We'll That's a great a idea. Winner. That's a great there idea. You go. I just came up with that just then. That's brilliant. And we'll both be there for the, the draw. We will. It won't be yep. just me. Yeah, no, it won't be. <laughs> <laughs> it won't be just uh, you on your own. So get on that. Now, um, we thought our main topic for discussion tonight would be, well, I thought it would be panoramas. Yeah. Um, we want to talk a little bit about shooting Panos, as they're mm -hmm. called in the game. Yes. Um, uh, I'm going to tell you how I shoot them. Uh, yeah. Can might do it different to me, but maybe yeah. not. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I think, think th there's different yeah. ways, but yeah, let's let's see how you go first. Well, what do you, what do you like about panoramas, Ken? Um, well, I must admit, I'm a bit of a sucker for um, panoramas, and I think first of all, what what are we classifying as a panorama? Like, is a panorama just a big wide shot, like you know, like you've got behind, or is a panorama like a, a ratio size of yeah. your thinking. Ideally, we're talking about a uh, uh, an image that is long and thin. So yeah, okay. dif different to what you see behind us now yep. because these are like 16 by 9 or 3 yeah. to 2 ratios. Yep. More yep. like a 3 to 1 ratio. Yep. Um, in fact, 3 to 1 is probably my favourite way to shoot panos, a 3 yes. to 1 ratio. Yep. I think that has the most appeal to it. Yeah. Um, I find well, a lot of people when I'm talking about crop ratios get this glazed look over their face and yes they you know. do and sometimes though if you're working in lightroom or photoshop and you're editing your panorama just make it look how you want it to look that's fine but yeah. if you're battling with it yeah. try and think of a three to one ratio so three across by one high now you yeah. you can shoot vertical panoramas as well but we're not really going to talk too much yeah about that, they're that, a little that, bit too niche yeah that that's what i was sort of going with is that do you stitch shots together or do you not stitch shots together yeah, uh, that's that's sort of the big the yeah. big question. So there's lots of different ways that you can shoot yeah. panoramas. Well, I I love I do like panoramas, and and the old Fuji GFX camera I had, you could shoot in it was sixty five by twenty something, which is a three by one ratio, mm -hmm. and it would crop it in camera. And I, I used to love shooting in that ratio. Uh, it reminds me a lot of Ken Duncan and the work he does, and uh, there's a few others out there that do panorama work now. But I think panoramas are great. Um, 
And I think they work in two different ways. I think you can do panoramas of a big, you know, for example, a big beach scene or a big mountain scene or something like that. But I think you could also do it in something similar to behind me, just like a more of an abstract sort of forest or, you know, whatever it might be. And I actually went through a stage when I was doing some work for the Cradle Mountain Lodge where they wanted shots for their rooms. And if you go to all those classic hotels around all the tourism parts around Australia, they've all got them big panoramas in a room somewhere, either a canvas or whatever. Um, but I went through a bit of a phase where I was just going around the forests and waterfalls up near Cradle Mountain and doing sort of three by one ratio, a bit more abstracty panoramas, more, you know, more of just detail as such of a scene. So I, I love them. And I think they work for both big scenes. And I think you can also get quite creative with them. So, um, but I did it all as one shot. I never really stitched anything. Um, and I guess that depends on how wide your lens is as well, you know, yeah. or, or does well, it? The, well, it does. Well, yeah, I think so. That The 10 mil that I used to shoot that image behind me, clearly lends itself to more panoramic stuff yeah um cam says as he changes backgrounds i was going to try and show you a panorama but it's not going to work on here i did no, a panorama this one yeah it's going to stretch it to the yeah don't worry um, about me it's yeah, not the right no, thing for me so this image behind me you can see would actually crop beautifully down to a panorama if we just wanted to have the bridge and eliminate the reflection yeah. the reflection in the foreground yeah. but i think um in the case of that one i wanted to keep the whole thing yeah I love shooting panorama, panoramas in uh, the, the stitching method. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah. Now, the reason I do that is because I print a lot of my photos. So when you stitch more images together or three images together, or and I'll give you a, a bit of technique in a minute, yeah. um, you can get way more data in the image. So yes. unless you've got a Fuji GFX, 100 did i get that number right yeah there's a, there's a 50 and a 100 but yeah. exactly what you're saying just a quick note on that if i did a panorama stitch on that it would be like they're 200 meg files per shot that's right that's right it becomes a whopping big file yeah so the way that i've been shot well the way i've shot panoramas in the past is i'll take my trusty camera um i'll normally zoom it around the 50 mil mark if I can. If yep. I, I obviously wouldn't use this lens if I'm gonna stitch a panorama, I would have um, even a prime 50 works really well for panos. Yep. Yes, it and does. the best technique I've found is to turn your camera vertically yep. and shoot roughly seven or eight images. Yeah. Making sure that your images overlap by at least 20 or 25%. Yeah. Um, and I think we also need to just put a bit of a disclaimer in there as well that there's a reason why we'd probably shoot and you're exactly right. Like you don't sort of shoot at the wide angle because you get the distortion of the wide angle lens and yes. you start getting bending of horizons and mountains yeah. and things like yeah. that. And then your stitching software will really battle. To, That's right. Yeah. So, and, and shooting a 50 mil or 35 mil or, you know, even a bigger mil, like 80 or 90 mil, it just allows those lines to stay a bit straighter and everything lines up a lot easier for the software. Yeah. Yeah. And I think also, and I'm sure we're going to touch on it is uh, exposure is super, super duper important when you're doing yeah. stitching. And I'm yeah. sure you'll be able to get into that and explain why. Yeah, so you would have noticed if, if you've got an SLR, go and get it, pause this, go get it. Right, now you've got your camera. Right, yeah. um, you'll notice on uh, this camera, too, this is the Nikon, it has a button on the back which, yes. says, which says A-E-L-A-F-L, -L, which is auto exposure lock and auto focus lock. Yes. So the problem you have if you are taking a panorama, particularly with a rising sun or a setting sun uh, or any sun in it, like the image behind me, when you start taking photos across, 
um, the exposure is going to change because it's you're shooting more into the light or you're shooting away from the light. Yes. So ideally what you do is you line up your panorama, you focus on your first shot, and then you depress the AEL button. Yes. Now, <clears throat> call me a noob. I'm not sure on the newer full-frame cameras and Sonys and stuff like that. I'm assuming they have an AEL button, but they might have yeah. a, um, well, the a menu-driven thing. The brand new OM-1. There you go. Has, has an AEL button on the back here. There you go. So it has an auto exposure lock. So yep. when what we literally it locks the exposure for yes. the first frame, and then the exposure is identical across all seven, eight, nine, however many frames you want to take, yep. provided you keep your thumb depressed on the button. And the other thing about that as well, that there's a reason why we do that is to keep that exposure even all the way through, because otherwise you'll see where where the, the software stitches up the the panorama, you'll see lines where it's like slightly exposure slightly off between the two frames that it's stitching um, and the other thing the other tip i was giving years ago is always start from the brighter side of your shot so if your sun's out to your left start and you're doing a panorama that way start out towards where the sun is lock the exposure and come around because if you go the other way you're going to find that it's going to blow that brighter side right out if the exposure is set for a darker thing so start start from the brighter side and lock in that exposure and, and make sure it all stays the same that that'll iron out a lot of nightmares when you get into the editing suites yeah absolutely um bearing in mind of course you know modern day cameras like your new artist formerly known as olympus camera there 20 megapixel sensor so you probably and if you're shooting a raw file you're getting very very big file sizes so computing yeah. power is really important when you yes. want to shoot vertical panel oh, sorry shoot panos in the vertical orientation if you end up with seven or eight images yeah. uh, that's quite a big file that's right you're, you're, um, you're timesing that file size by seven or eight times that's right so you know yeah. you might find that the stitching process in photoshop might take your PC 10 minutes if, yeah. if, if it's not um, super yeah. duper quick. Or and I, I, like I said, I did that. I did a few of those on the, on the Fuji, the big files on the Fuji. And it, and it was, it was a gig file, if not yeah. more, yeah. Um, which is great. And, and there is definitely advantages to doing panoramas because you can generally blow them up bigger. You can make yeah. panoramas quite big, either in canvas or print, because you've got, you know, six or seven times the amount of pixel data uh, in that shot than you normally would. So exactly. I find sometimes if there's a, I almost, I almost do it out of habit that if I see a really good scene, that's like a big, beautiful, wide sort of panorama, I'll, I'll do a panorama session or just go, and then I'll still do my other shots I'm doing. And what I'll, what I'll do, I'll, I'll share on, on the Facebook page um, after this episode goes out, I'll show you the shot I was going to show you here, which I just did the other day of Frenchman's Cap. And it's, that's about a seven or eight stitch of yeah. this entire mountain range with this beautiful yeah. snow. Well, by now. the wonders of editing, it now is oh, yeah. appearing, we can show it's appearing you the in, the, in the screen right now. There it is. Look at that. That's yeah, incredible. That. Did it fit on the screen? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't know. Um, if I go like this, wow, look, it looks amazing. Yeah, that's brilliant. So my question to you is, <laughs> um, why? What, what's, is, is there a benefit for doing panoramas over just a normal ultra-wide angle shot? Like people listening might say, Okay, well, what, what, why would I, if, I, if you wanted me to do a big panorama to get more detail in, why wouldn't I just use like a 16 mil or a fisheye lens to do the same thing? What, what's, well, for a, for what's a couple of the reasons that we've already mentioned, number one is image resolution. So if you do want to go really big with it, yeah. um, you know, you can, you're going to have way more image data because don't forget, you can still, you don't have to use every image the whole no. image, you can still work it, you can crop it and that sort of stuff. So number yeah. one for me is the fact that I can make it 
rather be. Number yes. two is you can go wider than wide. So yep. you're wider. So for example, on this bad boy, the widest angle is 16 millimeters in a 35 mil equivalent. Yep. Well, I can now mimic like a five millimeter camera. If yeah, I want to, yeah. if I want to shoot a panorama, I can go way wider as well. Yeah. And quite often that'll happen where, um, as you say, you're immersed in a rainforest or that that scene behind you, uh, yeah. you know, where where you where you're just looking and you're taking it all in and you really want to capture all of that. Yeah. Um, then you can start. Shoot. I, I got went through a phase of panoramas as well, where I really shot a lot of them. Yeah. Um, and enjoyed doing it, but it didn't, from a sales point of view, it didn't suit a lot of people's walls. Yeah. Where. You know, I and with panorama, is there some given rule that you know you don't do any more than ninety degrees from start to finish? Because you could easily quite get carried away, couldn't you? You could yeah, do like a full yeah. circle panorama if you wanted yeah, to. Yeah, which of course suck because they're only this high, but they're that yeah, yeah. high. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, yeah. So that's why I like, as I said off the top, if you stick with a roughly a three to one ratio, that normally equates to with a twenty five percent overlap. 20 yep. 25 and over normally equates to seven or eight photos yeah um which i reckon would mimic probably a 10 mil lens but yep. you won't if you shoot at 50 mil when you're shooting your panos you yep. won't get the distortion so you won't That's get right. the, the the barrel distortion or the pin cushioning that a, a 10 mil can give you particularly at the edges you'll yep. get edge to edge absolute sharpness yeah um yeah one thing that's just sprung to mind as well is if you're shooting at a beach, it can be really tricky if you've got waves rolling in. Uh, if you've got clouds coming past, you got to be quick. You want to shoot them rapid fire. So it takes probably, a bit of practice. Probably be a bit tricky for Mel as well to get in that horizon straight. If he's doing <laughs> that yeah, there's no hiding from a crooked horizon <laughs> when you're shooting a panorama. No, there is uh, no. No, no. The um, software has a little bit of a freak out. A couple of other things as well. Um, handheld or tripod. Well, it depends on what you're shooting, of course. So if, if you're shooting at, you know, a scene that would normally need a tripod, then obviously you're going to need one. Yeah. However, I think the point you're making is to keep the camera at, at one even yes. plane, particularly when yeah, it comes to the horizon. Right. Yeah. Yes, tripods can be very useful for that. But yeah. what I find is the tripod is clumsy and when you want to shoot fast. Yes, it does. Um, and, or if you have the Olympus OM-1 with seven and a half stops of image stabiliser, you can just... You could shoot, yeah. Yeah, it really does sound like you're being paid by Olympus. It, you would think for all the promotions I do for that beautiful company, you'd think I'd get, I, I, I'd get, I get some perks, but I don't get that beautiful many, company. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get as many perks as some people, but that's okay. We're, we're not going on it. Um, and then obviously the next step after Panorama is, you know, you've got to edit that. So one thing that's really good these days is a lot of people used to think, oh my God, Photoshop, I've got to do panoramas and stitch them mm -hmm. all in Photoshop. You can, but Lightroom also does image stitching at a touch of a button now. And it's really, really easy, really, really good. Um, so if you want to learn more about how to get it into Lightroom and, and stitch it, there's lots of YouTube videos on how to do that. It's very simple. Uh, you click a yeah. button. Uh, it asks you if you want to, when it, what's it say? If you want to do cylinder, you don't want to do cylinder. What's the other one? I can't think uh, of now. Yeah, I can't remember either. It's probably just like an auto thing. Um, I've got Lightroom open here. Let me yeah, and, and Photoshop's the same. You just go file, photo, merge, yes. uh, import your files, and same deal. That's it's it. photo, photo, so if you're in Lightroom, so here we go. I'll just give a quick lesson here. If you're in Lightroom, you know, you might have your six or seven shots lined up there. You go into, you right-click on all those images. You go into photo, merge, pick panorama, and then that picks up all those three images. And then it asks you to, there's three different types of, projection you can do this spherical there's a cylindrical and there's perspective i always pick uh sp spherical 
Mm-hmm. I think that's right. And then what it does, it puts them all together, and it's very, very straightforward, very easy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it looks and cool, and then it spits out it spits out a file at the bottom. Yeah, and the cool thing about doing it in Photoshop is it actually keeps the layers. So if there are some some tweaks on horizons and stuff that you need yep. to make, you can actually uh, do layer adjustments. So you right. might have okay. seven images. And you go, oh, hang on, image five, that horizon hasn't quite lined up. You yep. can isolate layer five or image five, do any warping or anything you need to do just to get that horizon a little better. Yeah. And away okay. you go. Um, one cool fun fact about um, the, which we talk about a lot, is the DJI Mavic drones, is they have a built-in panoramic function. They do. Is it works nuts. Cool. It is so good. And the other um, thing they've got, I've got a little DJI pocket. Like it is a little cool. It's got a little gimbal on it and everything like that. It's really, really cool. And they do the same thing. You set it on a tripod and just goes, and just does a panorama uh, and a press of a button. So technology is definitely there um, to do these kind of things. And yeah. And I think the main thing as well, if you're going to do panoramas, I think you'd have to have a a mindset that you're going to print them. Yeah. I think if you're going to do panoramas and just put them online, it won't work on Instagram, for example. It'll just be this little tiny strip of image. Yeah. Uh, Photoshop will probably crop the hell out of it or, or do something. So uh, not Photoshop, Facebook, sorry. Did yep. I say Facebook or Photoshop? You said Photoshop. I did. Okay. Uh, Facebook yeah, will we'll crop the hell out of it. So I think if you're looking, panoramas are great to play with. Uh, it's a bit like all the other things that you can do with, with your photography, you know, like light painting or, you know, long exposure, whatever. Every, every, every sort of thing that we do is great. But if with panoramas, you just don't get the full benefit if you're just going to put them online. You need to put them on a wall. Somewhere. No, that's right. And and like most of the topics we talk about on the Down South Photo Show, it's it's another tool in your arsenal. It's another yeah. thing you can go to and use. Like when you've got photographer's block, which yeah. we all get, we all suffer from it. And and it's like, oh, I can't. How do I get this composition right? Start looking wider and go. Well, yeah. hang on a minute. That's pretty spectacular. All yeah. that. Yeah. And then and then go to a panoramic. Sort yeah, of that, that mountain's really cool there and that lake's there, but I just can't That's do right. one shot. Oh, I'll, yes, I'll I stitch, can. I'll stitch them all up. I've got, I'll, a, I'll got go a funny... And, I'll look up episode 42 of the Down South Photo Show and they'll tell me how to Yeah, do. the Darren Mullane episode. Um, I've got a funny story about photo stitching. Um, yes. I went to Yosemite National. I don't know if I told... I've probably told this on the story on the podcast before. Yes. I have. No, yeah. I don't know about this story, but you have oh, told right. us that you well, went to Yosemite. Yeah, I went to Yosemite and there was a guy taking photos who comp stopped me and put his tripod across the front of me i think i might have told him i might have you been really early that one. Yeah. yes well he was he was doing panorama photo stitching he had he went through the the whole scene but he went he went grid like he went up down across up down he, he would have had a thousand photos of this one scene so picture the shot behind brendan and i and it was almost like he was creating his own little pixel boxes of the whole thing of each frame and then he just did it again and then he just did it again and all he went and then he would have gone home and he would have had a gazillion size gig file to play with um but his throwaway comment to me when i said oh you're doing some photo stitching and stuff like that and his throwaway comment to me which has stuck to me for eight or nine years is oh that's that's how everyone shoots these days there's no there's no way but to do that uh and i went okay no worries and he took his camouflage jacket and his camouflage pants and his camouflage lens now this is not a dig this is not this is not a dig at anyone in particular i sense a dig is coming but he was a he was he was a Canon user, <laughs> so I should say no more. Oh, dear. Anyway, no. uh, but that uh, yeah, give give panoramas a go. Um, practice, you know. It, sometimes it does take a few turns to get it right, and then you'll start yeah. seeing what works and, and what focal length works. And, and and a pro tip, folks: if you go out with the intention of shooting panoramas, 
you normally end up with seven times as many photos as you intended to yes. because you're taking all these. Oh, you know, we also didn't mention one other thing, which oh, is very, okay. very, very important with doing panoramas. And it's, yes. this, it's this thing. Yes. So in between, you just made a good point there that when you get home, you've got your whole grid of photos yes. there and you've got yes. 700 yes. images of yes. 100 different scenes. Yes. And you don't know where the panorama starts and stops. Yes, this the, is exactly the point I was about to make. Yeah, the easiest that's way. That's okay. To, you steal my thunder. Go on. Oh, you go. Well, the easiest <laughs> way. I, I don't do it with a lens cap. The easiest way is to do a, a black frame in between each one, yeah, yeah. so you know that okay, that's the yeah. end of that panorama. And the other one is just put your hand in front or something yeah, like that. That, or, that, that that's the way I do it. So yeah. what I do is I line up my panorama, I line up the first shot, and then I put my finger pointing like that in right in front of the camera and take a photo, and then I drop my finger, and then I know when I see a finger, the next frame is the first frame. And I know that it goes that way so too because I'm, I'm pointing <laughs> pointing in the direction because sometimes I've shot it right to left. Ah, so then I point right. that way and then you know that which way to go. So it's easier to load up your images in Photoshop. You're a genius. And then when you shoot the last one, you do the stop sign. Right. You well, that's just, what I do. You could just get little signs to pop up in front of your lens, like start, stop. Uh, you could do all no, those we, kind of things. We, should, we could make them instead of bumper stickers. We could do like down south logo, start and stop thing. Good one. I'll give you an update as well on our merchandise sales. <laughs> on our merch, how well is yeah, it going? I'm it's going awesome. We have sold absolutely none. Actually, no, we've sold, we've sold. Well, we, we didn't sell. We gave one away, <laughs> so we didn't sell it to Mel. Yeah, we did give it to Mel. I've actually yeah. got to still send. I'm going to send one to our mate in America, Ben Horn. I've got to get onto that. Yes. Uh, yes. I wonder. If, I wonder. If, I wonder if he wear it. Uh, he's actually just put out some new videos. Um, okay. This last week, he went our to... friend of the podcast, Ben Horn. Yes, our, our number one friend. Uh, now, where did he go? He went to Utah, I think it was. Wow, uh, nice. Yeah, he's done some new videos that have come yep. out. Uh, he's got, you know, he does his series of six or seven. Yeah, so he's in Utah. Uh, episode one is out. So go out, go check it out. Give, you some, give him some down south photo show love. Yep, absolutely. Um, and look so at yeah. now we are uh, that time of the show, folks. Everyone's favorite time of the show, Deer Camp. Apart from mine, where uh, it is time for Deer Camp episode forty-two, Deer Camp. Uh, this comes from a. Yeah, comes I don't from, have a name here, Cameron. Uh, Kerry, thank you, Kerry. From, uh, this one, this one came in today. Uh, Kerry's from Whittlesea in Whittlesea. Victoria. Yeah, almost my backyard. A north, far northern suburb of Melbourne. It is near my old growing up area, which is Greensboro. Your old stomping ground. It is so we've got my stomping ground in the background. Now we're talking about yours. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, uh, Kerry says, Dear Cam, as we all know, presumptuous, editing <laughs> is an essential part of the whole photo processing workflow. I've just started my own photography business. Give it up for Kerry. Well Give done. it up for Kerry. We, 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 uh, we promote starting your own photography business. Uh, and thought it was time to update my monitor. Naturally, I thought I'd ask your expert opinion on what <laughs> type easy. of monitors that you guys use. Uh, I have narrowed it down to the follow, following. An Asus Pro Art PA279CV. That means I'll, nothing I'll, to me, but it's I'll, an Asus I'll, Pro I'll, Art. I'll, I'll, I'll rephrase that. It's Asus. Asus. I thought it was yeah. Asus. I, th I think it's Asus. Whatever. You yeah. say potato, I say potato. Tomato. Yep. Uh, or a BenQ SW271C. Mm. What do you reckon? What are your initial thoughts on that camera on? Uh, well, firstly, congratulations to uh, Kerry opening her new Absolutely. 
called Fur Baby Studios is the name of a business. Are we talking pet photography? It is pet photography uh, at Fur Baby Studios. Yeah, something I want to do. I want to do everything in photography, but I'd love to do pet. I love dogs. I'd love to be a dog photographer one day. Yeah, well, that's a time for a whole other Brendan. She is doing that. Um, Landscape dog photography. There you go. You could do that. Uh, But Fur Baby Studios and Whittlesea. So congratulations on that. Um, Yeah, awesome question because it is a pivotal part of your business is what equipment you use, you know, whether or not your camera or your, your tripods or whatever it might be and, and software and, and hardware for your computer is also important. Um, I did a fair bit of research on this going back about six months, 12 months ago about what I wanted to use. So I use an iMac, 27 inch iMac, and I used to have a, an iMac second screen, uh, which didn't end up going well, end up breaking and flickering. It was going to cost more to fix than just to put it downstairs for the kids to play with. So I actually went out and started researching a 27-inch monitor for my editing and things like that. And I actually came up with uh, the BenQ, the one that she's mentioned in the questionnaire. I've actually got that model, the SW271C. Um, and look, it's great. Um, I don't think it's as nice as my iMac monitor that I have in front of me, but I've calibrated them both off the same calibration. So they both look the same. They all print the same when I want to do printing. Um, but what I thought I was going to use my monitor for uh, for editing, it's actually ended up being more of my second screen for everything else. And I still do my editing on the, on the iMac monitor, but um, they're a beautiful screen. They are really nice. They've got like the big shade around them and stuff like that. And um, they've got adjustable uh, brightness and different profiles you can put in there. Um, but in regards to what was available on the market, I think the BenQ is probably the best value for market money that I found. Uh, you've also got the uh, ESO screens is I think they're called. The, yeah, so ESO monitors are the industry standard, really. Yeah. However, they kick off at like five grand. So yeah, they're not they're not cheap. No, That's they're not. But I mean, it depends on how much time Kerry you think you're going to be spending in front of your monitor. How much? Yeah. How much editing you think you're going to be doing? Yeah. There's a couple of reasons why the ESOs are so good. One is um, they tend to maintain their calibration for longer. Yeah. So monitors age by the second literally so at, when a monitor is turned on um it is changing um all the time so it's normally um it's losing color or yeah. it's uh it's just it's going to be different every time you turn it on that can be down to lots of different things not least of which is literally air temperature um yeah. if it's a warmer day your monitor <laughs> looks different to a colder day blah blah, blah. ESO yeah. monitors generally iron that out and give right. you a very level playing field across the board and that's what you're paying for yeah um most of the time i don't use expensive monitors in fact the monitor i'm looking at right now is a phillips monitor that i bought at officeworks for about 300 bucks but i can calibrate it um and if you've got a cheaper monitor buy a calibration tool as well um you can get a spider (laughs) calibrator for about three or four hundred dollars that's what i use Um, one of those yeah yeah there you go and use use that regularly and you should be okay i mean you're going to be within a four or five percent tolerance, um, yep. you know, for your printing lab or your printer or whatever you whatever you're choosing to do with your images. Um, don't get too hung up on it. Save for the fact that if you think you're going to be using your monitor a lot, if you're going to be yep. looking at your screen a lot, invest in a good screen. And yep. again, for, cal- for for color reasons, but more importantly, <laughs> for the damage that cheap monitors yeah. the damage that cheap monitors can do to your eyes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Expensive monitors have screens on them that protect your vision, uh, protect you from um, you know 
they're better for you. I, I can't tell you exactly why, but I know that they've got screens and stuff that yeah. that uh, are better for. I'm assuming it's got something to do with radiation or something like that. But um, yeah, well, let's. I, I'm, I'm 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 getting outside my lane. I don't know exactly mm -hmm. why, but I do know that these ESO monitors are better yeah. if you are looking at a monitor twenty four seven. Yeah, and that, that's the thing. Like I I had this monitor in mind, the the BenQ monitor in mind as being my primary uh, editing suite monitor, I guess. And I, I do put some things on there. If I have two screens going, I have Photoshop and Lightroom. And the fact that I've got them both calibrated means that you can switch between screens and there's no difference. Um, I calibrate my screen probably every three or four months just to give it a touch up. Yep. Um, but I found the one thing I find about the, the BenQ screen, it does throw off a lot of heat. I've noticed. Yep. But so in the warmer months, if you can call them down here in Tassie, but you can actually feel the heat versus the iMac one that I'm looking at here. So That's interesting. Yeah, right. uh, and I reckon it's probably... A, I reckon it's a, probably a four or five degree difference in temperature, what comes off this one. But they're a beautiful monitor. They're, they're really well valued. Um, I haven't had any problems with it. Um, I've even hooked my Xbox up to it every now and then to play some games and things like that when yeah. I got bored. Um, yeah. But yeah, they're a good, great monitor. And I, I would have no problem recommending the BenQ one. Um, but you're probably going to spend, you know, maybe another thousand dollars more on the other, other monitors we're talking about. Um, but yeah, you can't go wrong with it. Um, and then again, if you've got it set up and you've got it calibrated, uh, then that's the monitor you're using. Then I think you, yep. you know you, you do well. But um, yep. yeah, it's an interesting question. But I think the monitor to me, it's more about the calibration. Really, the monitors are good. Um, and to be honest, I went and had a look at the the Ezio ones as well as these ones, sort of almost side by side, and you can tell a little bit of a difference. But to me, it wasn't worth the price difference. Yeah. Yep. Um, and as long as you're editing in the right profile on a calibrated monitor, sending it to the right printer like yourself or doing it yourself at home. Yeah. No. Yep. I agree. So I think, I think the hot take from that is Kerry, don't blow all your coin on an ESO or a top. No, monitor. you should buy, buy some uh, merchandise Merchant instead. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Get, get something a wee bit more affordable. <laughs> and then once your business is absolutely humming along and you find yourself editing into the yeah. night, then maybe look at investing a bit more in a, a more expensive, monitor can fishing around for a print i am because we made a deal last week that anyone who does a deer cam gets an 8 by 12 print kerry look at you go you've got an 8 by 12 print yeah but i've got a couple here i've got to chop up i don't know if see them probably not i can't do this anymore no i can i can see the background in that but why why can't it, why why hold it in I, front of yourself why is my brain not functioning today i don't know <laughs> i've been in the cold too much today cameron's brain has the dumb <clears throat> um but mind. yes kerry um I'll, I'll chase you down for your details. I've got your mobile and stuff there, but yep. Um, yep. good, quick, great question and love it. Good luck with the business. Yeah, for sure. If you have a deer cam question, by all means, send it to us on our social media channels or leave a comment below if you are watching on YouTube. We or will endeavor what, to answer your question as quickly as we can. Do, um, what Kerry, do what Kerry did and send us an email. There you go. Do what Kerry did and send us an email. What's our email address? <laughs> uh, just use cam at tazphoto.com.au. Right. Isn't we that probably the below? Yeah, it, it is linked below in the description box. As, of, this, as of episode 42. No, no, no. It is, it's there. <laughs> it's is been, there. There. Okay. been there from the start. So, yeah. um, Cam, what you've got, uh, uh, quite the adventure coming up. Yes, I do. Um, <laughs> if it all goes smoothly. Um, it will. It will. Yeah, no, I've got uh, the Flinders, my first ever Flinders Rangers photography trip coming up. So awesome. today's Tuesday, I get on the boat from this little island to the big island on Friday. And then we head out on Sunday out to Adelaide and then pick up all our guests uh, next Monday. 
Uh, and away we go. We go up there for five days, uh, six, five days, six days, five nights, six days. Uh, a couple of aerial flights. We'll explore the region. We've got a couple of four-wheel drives to play around with. Uh, we've got six people coming, so it's nice and easy. We've got two cars. Uh, I've got my cousin, uh, Daniel, who's a, a legend of a guy coming along to help me do the second driving. Work, um, he he may he may steal the show if you if you thought I was a, a bit of a character wait until I meet him <laughs> um, so yeah we've got two cars three in each car we'll swap that around we'll have plenty of time lots of laughs we'll learn a heap of stuff hopefully get a, a cracking set of photos from the time we're up there uh, and yeah I'll be back uh, oh actually I'll come in to see you before I come home because I'm going to come and pick should. up some canvases you which are, will be done by then hopefully yeah send me a reminder. <laughs> <laughs> um, we might come back because we've got to come back from Adelaide, so we might just come back via Geelongish. Yes, uh, maybe catch up for an ale or two beforehand. That sounds like a very good idea. Yeah, um, it'll be so that'll be in a couple of weeks when you're coming back my way. Yeah, it will be. Yeah, um, right. I better get my act together and get your canvases done. Then. Yeah, you better. Um, mm. And that's uh, that's pretty much it for me. I'm, I, I might head out tomorrow again and see if I can get some snow. Uh, tomorrow, uh, Chelsea. Have we mentioned Chelsea? Who's Chelsea? Uh, you know that girl keeps bothering us about doing shout outs. Oh, Chelsea, Chelsea, yeah, yes. Chelsea. Oh, Chelsea. Yeah, yeah yep. she's Hi, Chelsea. Yeah, she's at it again. Nice. Um, Chelsea's got a little bit of a marketing background. Um, well, she likes to think she does. I think I'm a better marketer than her, to be honest. But uh, she is doing some work. <laughs> <laughs> she, she only did four years of uni in it. Don't worry. That's all right. <laughs> that's, a, that's a whole other episode about follow it. your dreams, Chelsea. Yeah, follow your dreams, Chelsea. Um, yeah, that's actually good advice. Follow your dreams, Chelsea. Follow your dreams, um, Chelsea. So she's got a bit of a marketing background and down here we have the Dark Mofo Winter Festival that's yes. cranking up and uh, Chelsea's been employed by one of the tourism operators, or tourism departments down here, so to speak, to do a, what they call an Instameet. So for those who don't know what an Instameet is, it's when they get a whole heap of people that are generally on Instagram or social media. Uh, they all get everyone together and they give them sort of backstage or behind the scenes access to different events before the public do. So tomorrow night we're going into to the dark mofo city region where all the businesses have turned on their, their lights red and there's all these art exhibitions and things like that and inst installations we're going to walk around town probably in the rain uh or the snow inside in and out uh and we take some photos of all these installations and then what we do is we just share them online and tag a few people and get some interest into there but dark mofo winter if you haven't been to tassie uh in winter a lot of people sort of go that that's the stupidest idea i can think of um, the Dark Mofo Festival, which runs for about two or three weeks, I think, uh, it brings Hobart to life. You can go down to Salamanca, they have big bonfires going, they have big, you know, it's almost like medieval, they have big long tables where everyone just sits and eats. And it's a very, very, very cool festival. So um, that's tomorrow. And then uh, I've got another session with uh, a, a young mate, Oscar. Uh, we're doing another session. This session, we're going to go to a waterfall and see if we can't fall in. Very good. You'll get and some waterfall photos. I think there's going to be plenty of water coming down those falls. Um, and what um, about your good self? You, look, how's our staff member going? Good. We have a staff. We have a new staff member. She's going very well. Thank you very Excellent. much. And things are progressing well. But forget that. I want to put it on record on episode number 42 that in April next year, I will oh, yes. be joining you in Tasmania. <laughs> Well, I'll believe, it. I'll, I'll believe it when track. I see it. I'll believe it when I see it. Now, yes, this, this, this will is... really, let's see just how far people listen to our episodes because I know we don't get full listenership right to the end. We need to uh, come up with a name for these people that listen right to the end. We'll, we'll work something out. Um, <laughs> Cam uh, put out the call uh, to 
a group a group of friends on Facebook or put out on Facebook yeah. that uh, he's keen to do the Overland track, possibly his swan song last time, uh, put out the call to say who'd like to come and do it. Yeah. Um, and I have decided to join him and his friends uh, on God, the Overland God, track. God help the Overland track. In mid uh, mid april mid-april yeah uh, mid-April. Yep. Yep. yeah so um and look for me it's it's been a bucket list item to do the overland for years and yep. uh for one reason or another you know life gets in the way haven't been able to do it so the, the only way you're ever going to do something like this is to just say you're going to bloody do it and then yep. clear the decks and make it happen so yeah, um, yeah that's what we're doing and yep. i'm really looking forward to it i'm not going there to photograph the joint per se obviously i'll take a camera with me um, yeah. it's more for me the experience of actually walking the overland yeah. track yeah um so i'm really really looking forward to it yeah mate you are when you said you were coming along i went yes this is going to be okay. a nightmare <laughs> yeah, that's right really uh, this guy <laughs> this guy um but yeah, yeah you're right like i've been walking that track i did the track when i was early 20s i think i've been doing it for 20 years and yeah. It's getting to the point where I've sort of find that the, my normal customer base is moving away from doing those long sort of hikes and stuff like that. So each trip we do, we do fill them up, but we seem to get a bit of a mix of maybe non-photographers, but people want to do walks. So I'm looking at sort of maybe not, not winding it down completely, but maybe just backing myself out of it as such yeah. and, and having others do it for me. Yeah. And still and still run the business and do the logistics and stuff like that. But I thought I'll put it out there. Like I always had people like yourself and other mates like, oh, if I want to do this trip. I want to do it. So I thought, let, let's just put it out there. Let's just see who's keen. Uh, we've got a, enough people now. It's definitely happening. We've got enough people. to. I've actually booked in the spot on the track, so it's happening. Um, so, yeah, we're going to do six days, 65Ks. Um, you will take photos. You, you will not be able to help yourself. Um, of course. Of it course. is an incredible yeah. walk. Yeah. uh there's an amazing lot of history along the track um there's lots of stories and um it's just a great trip it's a, and to be honest one of the best trips i've ever done on the track out of the you know 20 something times i've done it was with another group of mates uh who yeah. did it as a um as a work function they did it as a as a, as a bonding session for a small team business building. yeah team building and we had a ball um so yeah it'll be good fun and i look forward to seeing you there in april well, let's not preempt anything because I'll probably ruin it all for you. But you know, um, you just get 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 into training. Oh, you look pretty trim and taut these days. Um, I'm back on the bike, getting yeah, back good. into the fitness. Um, need to. It's winter. I've got my winter coat on, and yeah. it's time to, yeah, start. And this is this is another reason I want to do the Overland is because it gives yeah. me something to aim at for my fitness yeah. as well. Yeah, um, I will be doing it when I am 50 years old. So. Uh, well, you would not be anywhere near the youngest person. I've of course had not. Track. No, of course or the not. oldest. So, no. Thoroughly looking forward to it. This yeah. has been episode 42 of the Down South Photo Show. Uh, we may or may not have an episode for you next week, given that Cam is away. Yeah, we'll see how um, that goes. Yeah, it's all right. We'll, we'll talk off air about that. I've got you a know suggestion. what? I've got a really good idea. Okay, go. I'm putting it out there. We'll talk, we'll talk on air. Yeah, we're going to talk on air. What about if we get Chelsea to co-host? <laughs> Who? Yeah. <laughs> well you never know she's an olympus user she's I'm not um did i say no no and, and no. if maybe we can put it to a vote on there if you go look at her instagram account for example which is at yeah. chel may bell go check it out see what her yeah, work okay. she's got some beautiful work okay. uh, she knows her way around landscape photography if you'd like to see chelsea co-host with brendan i would i'm putting vote number one uh, sure she's way better looking than you yeah yeah, that would be hard. Um, so, yeah, if you'd like to see Chelsea co-host for next week, uh, chuck a comment in.
Nice. Except you, Chelsea. You can't put a comment in. No, don't put a comment in, Chelsea. Uh, thanks for joining us on episode 42. As I say, we will see you soon for episode 43. Bye. Hooroo. <laughs> Hooroo.